Well, welcome to Front Range. My name is Ernest Smith. I'm the lead pastor. Man, I'm so grateful to be back. Uh, I take an annual study break and uh, I, we just got back from that. And man, it's just an opportunity for me to like think higher picture of the church and, and all of that. I just say thank you to the staff and the dream team who allowed me to do that and to you church, thank you. Uh, for, and as a part of that, uh, one of the things I did on my study break last week, uh, I was hanging out with uh, 15 other pastors and um, we're part of a church planning network. And as a church, we support multiple church planning networks to start new churches because we believe that's the, uh, uh, and it's been proven that's the number one way to reach people who are spiritually disconnected from God. Uh, so with this, within this organization, it's very specific. We only launch churches in the hardest cities in the country. Uh, so we're very selective. We've been able to launch 50 churches and out of those 50 churches right now, we're averaging over 17,000 in weekly attendance, which is amazing. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And we baptized 943 people this year already, which I think is incredible. And church, that's because of you, because of your generosity. So thank you for all that you do. Uh, our goal is to launch another 50 over the next few years. Next five years, we want to launch 50 more. And so just be praying for us as we discern who God's bringing and which cities and all of that stuff. And uh, if you feel called to plant a church, let's do it. Uh, let's figure it out. Uh, and I want to let you know about a few things that are happening here at the church uh, we have this thing called Front Range University. It's starting up uh, in just a couple of weeks. And Front Range University is an opportunity for people uh, that maybe want to grow in their leadership or um, grow in, in maybe what God has called them to do. So we have an internship, we have residencies. And uh, man, if you're interested in growing in your leadership, maybe getting more connected here as a church, it doesn't matter your age or your stage of life. We'll figure it out with you. Uh, this is a great opportunity to kind of uh, get more plugged in here as a church. And then we'll let you know on uh, August 21st, we have what we call Connect. Sunday, uh, where we're going to be uh, launching new community groups. And uh, one of the classes that we're going to offer is Alpha. Some of you guys have taken Alpha before. It's one of the most powerful experiences I've had with the Lord and building my foundation in faith. Uh, so we're looking for community group leaders or Alpha table leaders. If you're interested in, uh, in allowing God to use you to spark conversation and uh, to help people in their faith, man, we'd love for you to join us. You can just mark Front Range U on your Connect card or Alpha or whatever you might be interested in on your Connect card, drop it in the box and we'll make sure we get you connected. Uh, next week, we're also starting a new series called No Offense, uh, which I'm really excited about. I think right now in our culture, uh, many people are living um, with offense. Like we're, like we're waiting to be offended by people. Like there's a lot of people that, that, and maybe some of us are in the room where maybe our fuse is a lot shorter than it used to be. We get angry quicker. Um, we're, we're, we're those people, you know, it's that type of thing. Uh, so we're going to do a whole series and what God says about that. And, and how, do we, how do we get to a healthy spot? So don't miss this series. It will impact you and your own personal health, but also your relationships. Today though, we're going to close out a series called This is the Kingdom, uh, where we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is the most famous sermon ever preached. It was preached by Jesus. Uh, there are things like uh, the Beatitudes are in there, the Golden Rule, stuff like that. Things that people use um, all, all throughout uh, the world are found within this one sermon. And Jesus concludes the sermon with one last story. And I think it might be the most important story that he tells. It might be the most important story that is told in the New Testament. And, uh, and I think Jesus ends his sermon this way because he understands the power of story. I mean, all of us love stories. 
I, we, we love to go to the movies because it's a story that's being told in front of us. Some of us, we binge you know, uh, Netflix or different TV series because we, we love the story that is being told. Everybody loves stories. My kids love stories. They're always asking me to tell them a story. Tell me a story about your childhood. Tell me a story about you know, basketball today. Tell me a story about whatever it may be. And so I started to tell them the story and they laugh at me. They laugh at me about like everything, about like the, the way I used to have my hair, about the way I used to dress, about the way, why y'all laughing? That's not cool. That's 10th grade Ernest right there with a hemp necklace and everything. Uh, <laughs> they laugh at stuff like that. Like they love it. Please take that thing off. Good Lord. <laughs> they, my kids love stories. We all do. All of us are fascinated by stories and Jesus ends his sermon with a story and it's a powerful one. It's Matthew chapter seven. We're gonna start in verse 24. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If not, no worries, it's gonna be on the screen. If you need a Bible, we have them. Just go to our connections tent right outside uh, or you can download the Bible app and it's a great resource uh, to be able to utilize. Here's what Jesus says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, Jesus here, he's, he's, he gives us a picture of a great storm. Now, some of us have gone through great storms in life. I grew up on the, on the East Coast and we went through hurricanes multiple times. Some of you have gone through tornadoes or maybe floods or something like that. That's not the storm Jesus is talking about. You see, he's speaking this sermon beside the Sea of Galilee. And at the Sea of Galilee, it was, it was a lot of sand near the Sea of Galilee. And in the summertime, that sand would harden up, almost like rock. But any good builder knew you cannot build your house on that sand because eventually the sand will shift. Eventually the sand will get soft. So any good builder knew that they had to build a house on bedrock. So Jesus is not saying that there's gonna be these storms that come that are these massive storms in life, although those do come. He's talking about everyday storms. Storms that you and I face once a week or once a month, something like that. He's talking about those and he's saying there's two different outcomes. I love this story because when you look in this story, I think it's pretty fascinating. You see two people and there's really no difference between the two people. We're not told that like one's rich and the other one isn't or one's really smart and the other one's not or the one has a lot of faith and the other one doesn't. They're just two people, pretty similar. We're told that the storm is the same. It's not like one of the storms was like hurricane grade and the other storm was just a little nice rain in the afternoon. It's not that, it's the exact same storm. What's the difference? One person built their house on a rock, one person built their house on sand. The one who built their house on a rock stayed firm, it lasted the storm. The one who built their house on sand, it fell with a great clash. And I imagine Jesus telling this story and, and people are listening to it. They're sitting there in kind of a church service and they're listening to what Jesus is saying. And, and I think there's really two types of people in the crowd. They're the exact same people that he's telling in this story. He said, hey, there's some people who just hear they just hear the words and that's all. And there's other people, they hear and then they actually do something with that. So imagine if you're the hearer in the crowd at that point. Oh man, I love church being outside. The sea was so beautiful today. Our old synagogue, it was so dark. 
You know, I, man, I, I love this Jesus guy. He's, he's got some humor and he's, he's pretty good, but man, he goes a little long sometimes. Church was a little long today. The Baptists are gonna beat us to the restaurant, you know, that type of thing. Or man, I, I love that the church has so many people. Like I've never been a part of a church that's this big. I remember when it was so small or, man, I love the worship today. It wasn't too loud. It wasn't too soft. I knew all the words or and worship was too loud today. Or I didn't know the words. Or it was too dark. I couldn't see my notes. I couldn't see what I was looking at. Or it was too hot outside. I know we, we like having church outside. But it was just too hot. You see, the hearer is about themselves. But then it says there's doers. And the doer, doer might be someone who says, man, I love the churches outside. That's great. But, and the word really ministered to me today. Well, I took a lot of notes. We know that Matthew took a lot of notes. He's the one writing this. We know that he took copious amounts of notes. He was a note taker. Or man, I, I, I know that this message, maybe so-and-so needs to hear it, maybe so-and-so needs to hear it, but it really convicted me. It got to me. Or I got to, I got to meet a new family today, or I got to serve kids while the message was going on, or something like that. You see, you see, hearers, church is about me. I go to church when it's convenient, I give to the church when it's convenient, I serve the church when it's convenient, but a doer says the church is my family. And it's my responsibility to invest. It's my responsibility to give what I have to the church. The hearer thinks, man, Jesus is cool. The hearer probably even thinks, I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. But the doer says, because Jesus died on the cross for me, because my sins have been forgiven by what Christ has done, my life is no longer my life. It's his. You see, there's a big difference between the hearer, just the one who hears the word, and the one who actually does something about it. Jesus says, the one who hears, they're the one who builds their house on sand. They're the ones, when the waves come and when the winds come and all that, that house will crash hard. The one who actually does something with the word of God, the one who actually does something with what Jesus just taught us, that person builds their house on a rock. And no matter what comes against you, no matter what type of storm comes against you, you're going to be okay. When I read this passage, it makes me ask this question, what type of storm can my faith endure? What type of storm can my faith endure? You see, I think in life, there's really three types of storms. There's like the summer storms that we have around here. You know, we get them pretty much every day. They last for like 15, 30 minutes, something like that. Uh, yesterday, I was, or Friday, I was driving down 25 and, and it was totally fine. Then all of a sudden it started hailing and then totally fine again. It's like those, those types of storms, right? Those are the summer storms. Those are the things like financial issues or maybe issues with your kids or maybe issues at your job. Those are things that you're gonna deal with on a pretty regular basis. Those are summer storms. You also have torrential storms. These are difficult storms that we go through in life. These don't come all the time, but they come. I mean, maybe it's once every few months, maybe it's once a year or something like that, but you know like some real hardships are gonna come your way. Maybe that's bankruptcy or health issues or maybe losing a job. They're not everyday storms, but they're, 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 they're pretty torrential. I mean, it, it hurts. It's hard to walk through. And the last type of storm is you have devastating storms. That's like the hurricane or the tornado. It's like something that's massive, that's big. It doesn't happen all the time to all people, but it happens to some of us. I mean, all of us walk through some type of devastating storm. Maybe it's a loss of a close, a loss of a, 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 of a loved one, or maybe it's a, a health diagnosis that's uh, really bad, or maybe it's walking through a divorce. You see, the hard part about diagnosing storms that you go through in life is that you'll put them in different categories based on the health that you are in that season. 
So like if you're in a pretty healthy spot, you might think something that other people would see is, is you know, uh, uh, this massive, massive uh, devastating storm. And you might put that in like torrential category. Or maybe in a season of life where you're unhealthy, you might take something that's just a regular storm, something that everybody goes through, something that everybody deals with, and you put it in the torrential category. So it's really hard to diagnose your storms in your life. The question is, what type of storm can your faith endure? I think for most of us, we'd love to be able to say, my faith can endure the most devastating storms in life. Most of us would love to be able to say that. Most of us, if you, if you were asked that question, like, can your faith endure summer storms? Yeah. Can it endure torrential? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Can it endure devastating? Yeah, I think so. But like what I see in our culture, in our world right now, is that a lot of people who call themselves followers of Christ can barely endure summer storms. They can barely endure like the smallest little things that happen. So something happens in our world and it's a trigger for them. Something happens politically and some, something's been decided and you're on the opposite side of that and you're like, where's God? Or somebody does something to you or to your family. Some, somebody says something about your kid or somebody cuts you off in traffic and you explode at another level. Again, we're gonna talk about this in the, in the next series, but these, these small storms that we all go through seem to be heightened right now for a lot of people. And I'm watching a lot of people struggle with their faith and walk away from their faith from things that are relatively small. And that's not for me to judge if it's relatively small to them, but they would even say in the process, yeah, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it is right now. Why? Because our faith can't endure the devastating, isn't able to endure the torrential, and for some, maybe not even the summer storms. So how do we get to a different place? I mean, how do I have my faith not just endure like the small things that happen, the, the stuff that we all deal with, but how do I get to a place where my faith can endure anything that's thrown my way? How can I get to that place? Let me give you three steps. These are three action steps. Three action steps to take today. Three action steps to take daily. Here's what I know about storms. If you wait to prepare for the storm, when the storm is happening, you're already way too late. Like if you're not gonna do anything about preparing your heart and preparing your mind for storms to come, when the storm comes, it's way too late to get it right then. And so you have to start taking steps now to prepare for what is eventually going to come. Let me give you three steps, daily steps to take. Number one, make God's word your foundation. Make God's word your foundation. I love the end of this passage. Here's what it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, kind of like you guys are every Sunday. Just amazed. <laughs> Why are you laughing again? Jeez. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. They were amazed. Here's what's amazing about that word, that word in the Greek. It means an emotional response. They had an emotional response. They had an emotional reaction. And it says nothing about them taking steps of faith. Nothing about their faith being solidified. Nothing about their faith growing. They had an emotional response. They were like, whoa, this guy's unlike the other guys. And so they started telling people, hey, man, you need to come see this Jesus guy. Hey, you need to hear Jesus. And so people start coming and more start coming. And at one point, we see Jesus teaching thousands and thousands of people. I mean, what, most scholars would say at the height of Jesus' ministry, there were 25 to 40,000 people that are at least paying attention to what Jesus is saying. But then who does what? Like who's putting into practice? How many people put into practice what Jesus says? Well, we know about the 12, and even one of them fell away. 
We know about the 72. 72 disciples that Jesus sends out like as missionaries. We know about them. Where's the thousands? Where'd they go? There's times where Jesus would say something and it said one by one they would leave him. Because they would hear and as long as it gave them the right emotional response, they're in. But hold on, now you're telling us to do something with this? You see, they were excited that Jesus wasn't like the other teachers, but Jesus was calling them to an obedience unlike the other teachers. Jesus was saying, hey, at the end of the day, what he's calling them to do and what he's calling us to do is we have to choose. We have to decide between him and other religious leaders. We have to decide between him and the shifting cultural norms. We have to decide between him or religious fashions that people display. He's saying, ultimately, if you're a follower of me, you have to decide what you're going to do. This is where I see the difference between church goers and followers of Jesus. You see, because when the things that Jesus says, when they intersect the things of the world, let's be real honest, it's a lot easier to go with the things of the world. It's a lot easier to go with the pattern of the world, with the thought of the world, with all of that. It's way easier to think about politics, the, world, the way the world thinks about politics, right? Like you have to choose a side and whatever side you're on, you're against those people. You're against that side because those people, they don't, they, they're not smart enough or they don't think like you or they're not progressive enough or whatever it is. So you're standing on a side and you're going, and those people, that's how the world reacts. It's easier to do that. It's easier to think about money like the world thinks about money. If you just have more, then you'll be happier. If you just have more, then you'll be able to fix this problem in your life. If you just have more, and most of us say intellectually, we don't believe that. And yet many times our lives play out like that. Many times our lives play out like, man, I just need one more. I just need one more. If I can just get this, then I'll be happy. It's easier to think about money like the world thinks about money. It's easier to think about sexuality like the world thinks about sexuality. And our world is very confused on sexuality right now. But it's way easier just to go with the flow. I mean, think about it. Like 20 years ago, if you were to, to talk about some of the things the world says is normal right now, if you were to say those things, people would be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, that's crazy. And yet somehow that's become the norm. And it's way easier to go along with the world than it is to go along with God's word. And I'll tell you this, almost every, almost every major topic in our lives and what the world says will stand in direct contrast to what God's word says. Almost everything the world promotes will stand in contrast to what God's word says. And that's, that's where some people would say, well, I mean, yeah, and that's why I don't want to believe in God's word. That's why like, we shouldn't trust something that, you know, it's like timed out. Like this thing is old, you know, the, the principles are old and all of that. And I would just simply say that I would rather stand on something that doesn't move than the shifting sands of culture. I'd much rather stand on something that doesn't move, that doesn't change, no matter who's in office, no matter what's going on, no matter what people believe, no matter what, rather than the shifting sands of culture. You see, whatever is most popular in culture is made most popular by the loudest people. That's what happens with things in culture. Right? I mean, you could, you could trace it back to really any major subject, the sexual revolution, slavery, whatever it may be. And whoever was the loudest group of people, and usually it's the smallest group, but whoever's the loudest group, that's what then shapes culture. That's what then people go, oh, that's a, yeah, that's right. That's good. That's okay. Rather than going, okay, but what is the thing that never moves? What, is, what does the rock say about this? What does God's word say about the foundation that I'm trying 
to build. Culture moves based on whatever or whoever is loudest. God's word never moves. And so if you want to have a faith that stands the test of all trials, you've got to start building your foundation on God's word. Now, for some of us, this is easy. For some of us, we, man, we love to read the Bible, and it's easy to do that. Others of us, were like, I struggle to read anything. And that's okay. There's a Bible app, and the Bible app will actually read the Bible to you. It's pretty awesome. And in different, different uh, 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 voices, and I mean, you can get like an Australian dude, you know, if that's what you want to listen to. That's not mine. Um, you know, whatever. Like you can get like these different voices that are speaking. You're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds smart or whatever. You can do that. I was talking to a buddy the other day and he said, man, you'd be so proud of me. Like I read the Bible to my kids every night. I'm like, that is, a, that is awesome. That's not what most parents do. Not because they don't want to, because man, it's hard. Like bedtime routine is really challenging for us. So I let my kids watch Right Now Media. Right now, media is an option that we give to every person in our church. If you don't have it, write right now uh, or right now media on your card and we'll make sure that we give you access to it. But there's all kinds of like kids shows and everything and it's all based on God's word. And it's just building a foundation. That's all it's doing, it's building a foundation. There's also a ton of great material for adults as well. But it's just building a foundation on God's word. If you want your faith to withstand any storm, you gotta start by building the foundation on solid rock which is his word. Second step we must take every day is to inspect the structure constantly. If you're building a house, you've got to inspect the structure. You got to look at it. But I would say that it's really difficult for you to inspect the structure, your own structure. This is why you need others. Inspecting the structure means getting other people in your life access to your life. Letting other people close enough to you to trust them enough that they love you to speak truth. I mean, it's what Proverbs 27, 17 says, is iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's saying there are people around you that they're gonna sharpen you. They're gonna make you better followers of Christ. They're gonna make you better humans. They're gonna make you better father or mother or better spouse or whatever it may be. Many times for me, and maybe you married men can, can agree with me, but many times the one who inspects my life the most is my wife. And man, let me just tell you this. This is, this is proven. This is scientifically proven. Whenever your wife speaks to you, 97.3% of the time, it's the Holy Spirit. 97.3. Scientifically proven. This guy after last service said, hey, man, I, I got a big issue with what you said. And I said, what? What was it? And he goes, that 97.3. He said, I like to live in that 2.7. I said, how's that working out for you? <laughs> His wife said, uh-oh. <laughs> Right, but you need people in your life, whether it's your spouse and other people, that can just call you out. They can encourage you. They can speak truth. They can tell you, hey, man, I really see like God moving in your life. Thank you for that. Hey, man, I know you're doing this, but I'm not sure that's what God's word says. Or, hey, can we look at this together and see what God says about this subject in our lives? You need people to inspect. We're going to do this whole thing on August 21st, Connections Weekend, where we're going to have groups. We're going to have a, uh, what events we have coming up. We're going to have uh, classes and all of that stuff. And whether you're connected to a group now or not or whatever, man, I want to encourage you. Be willing to open yourself up to other people. I mean, there's some of us that like, like what we want is so narrow that you're never going to find it. Like, be willing to allow people into your life, people who are older, people who are younger, people who are same stage of life. Allow people into your life to just speak truth because your structure needs inspecting constantly. 
So you got to build that foundation. You got to inspect the structure. And then lastly, you got to grow through the testing of your faith. Grow through the testing of your faith. Here's something that every human has learned. You're going to walk through trials. You're going to go through things that are challenging. You're going to have storms in life. It's just a fact of life. It's a fact of what we all deal with. And so you really have two options in how you respond to a storm. And most of us, I would say, this is where I'm tempted to go. Most of us want to get out of the storm as fast as possible. Right? Like a, a few days ago, we were, we were out at, at my house. We're building a house right now, which is awful time to build a house, but whatever. Uh, and so we're out there and there was this huge storm. I mean, it was just raining like crazy. And I had to do a couple things to make sure like whatever. And, and my, my, you know, I, I'm like, man, I want to get out of the storm like as fast as possible, but I've got to stay here and do what I need to do. Well, sometimes in our spiritual lives, we walk through storms. We go through things that if we run out of it too quickly, maybe we don't learn what God's wanting us to learn. Maybe we don't get what God wants us to get. So when you're in the midst of a storm or when you're just coming out of a storm, I would encourage you to take time to reflect. Take time to intentionally process what you're walking through. And what is God saying to me? What is God wanting for me? What do I need to do differently? How can I grow in my faith? Also look and go, man, how far have I come? Am I, am I getting any closer in my faith? Am I getting any closer in like the values that I say that, that I wanna have and the values that, that God wants me to have? Am I getting any closer? Like take time to just process and evaluate. As Sarah and I, we, we celebrate 20 years of marriage this year. So we've gone through a few storms. And one, one of the storms that seemed most devastating, it was, it was a month into our marriage. A month into our marriage, we had this big old fight. And I remember at the time thinking, it can't get any worse than this. No, it can. And not like our relationship, but just the junk that you walk through. Right, the stuff that you go through. And so we've gone through a lot of summer storms. We've been through a bunch of torrential storms. We've had a couple of devastating storms. Probably the one that's most devastating is when my son got diagnosed with autism. That was the hardest thing for me to hear. We knew there were some challenges in all of that, but for those of you who have kids with special needs, you know, life is not gonna get easier. In some ways it gets so much harder. And the amount of money you spend on therapy, the amount of time you spend running all over the place, making sure you're in the right school, just all the things, man, it's so difficult. And then you're processing like your own stuff, your own junk, your own emotions and, and all that. I remember, I remember the day that I had to let the dreams for my son die. Like the things that I thought before he was born, like he's gonna do this and he's gonna do all the things that like I plan, not the God plan, but I plan, I had to let him go. I remember just weeping, thinking about that, like, but these were the things we're gonna do. And my son either doesn't like to do those things or doesn't, or can't do those things. It was devastating. And eventually, a devastating storm turned into multiple torrential storms. And now I would say it's more summer storms. They're every day for the most part. And every once in a while, they're torrential. You just continue to grow. And I remember something happened last week, and I, I, I took a step back. I said, okay, God, what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to say to me? I had a buddy last week tell me, hey, Ernest, 
we were just talking about the challenges and whatnot. And he said, Ernest, I'll tell you this, you're a better human being because of your son. Okay. That's all I can really ask for. That God would shape me, that he would change me, that he would grow me because of the things that I walk through. And so I, take a, I took a step back and I'm just processing, God, what are you saying to me in the midst of this, this storm right here? What are you trying to do? But then I also took a, a moment and went, wow, man, I've come a long ways. Because like the way I reacted to that would not have been the way I reacted two years ago, five years ago, 12 years ago. It's very different. So thank you, God, for where you brought me to. So you're going to walk through storms in life. When you do, you have the option to either run as fast as you can away from them or while you're in the midst of them, trust that you have a God who loves you, a God who sees you, a God who knows you, a God who is walking with you, who is faithful and good, a God who showed all of that on the cross. He showed all of that on the cross. So there's no question. You don't have to like worry about like, is God going to show up? Is God going to be faithful? Like he's already shown that on the cross. So it's just trusting that he's with you in the midst of it. And God, whatever you're trying to do in me and through me in the midst of this, just help me. Help me to build my foundation on your word. Help me to allow others to inspect my life, to speak truth into my life, and then allow me to grow. The storms are going to come, but they don't have to force your house to come crashing down. You can build your house on a rock so you'll never, ever be moved. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, and I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the truth found in your word, God, that Jesus, you ended the Sermon on the Mount with this. As a, hey, don't just listen, but do. And the one who does builds their house on the rock. Father, that's where I want to build my life. I want to be able to endure the easiest and the most difficult storms that life throws at me. And Father, I thank you that you're walking with me in the midst of them. Father, I just want to take time now and pray for those who, there's some of us right now, man, we're right in the midst of a storm. We're walking through some trials right now that we want out of. We're, we're begging you to just show up. We're begging you to heal. We're begging you to give us a little bit of relief. We're begging you for some peace. And if that's you, You'd say, man, Ernest, yeah, I'm right now in the midst of a storm. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. But if you would say, man, I, I'm right now in the midst of the storm, and I'd, I'd, love, I'd love for you to pray for me, Ernest. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to know that, man, I'm not, I'm not alone in this room. Man, so many. So many. Father, thank you for each one of these individuals. Thank you that you know their name. You know what they're walking through. Father, I pray you would meet them where they are. God, give them exactly what they need in this moment. Give them peace for those who need peace. Give them comfort for those who need comfort. Give healing where those who need healing. But at the end of the day, God, we just need you to walk alongside of us. We need to know that you are here. You are in our presence, God, that we are with you, that, Father, that we can hold on to you, God. We know that to be true. Sometimes we just, we need to sense it. So meet us in this place. God, meet us right in the midst of the storm that we're walking through. God, show us how 
you are walking with us. Make it very clear, God. And then, Father, for all of us, tell us what our next steps are. For some of us, God, we, we need to build that foundation of your word. We need not to wait till a storm comes, but we need to start doing it today so we can be better prepared. For some of us, Father, we just need people in our lives that are going to speak truth, that are going to encourage us, that are going to help move us closer to you, that are going to give us encouragement and speak challenge into us and all of that, God. And for all of us, God, as we walk through storms, may we grow. May our faith in you be strengthened. May we come to understand how great you are, how powerful you are, how faithful and good you are. It's in Jesus' name.